Hey everyone, it's Brittany, and we are on episode 71 with Melba Robertson. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Melva is an experienced publicist, writer, and public relations professional with extensive experience in corporate communications. Her business encompasses several facets, from branding, media relations, to coaching, and writing. Her goal is to help people discover their unique and distinguishable qualities. Now, I do have a little caveat, and long-time listeners here know that audio quality is always top-notch, but we have a couple audio issues in this episode. Normally, I would try to re-record or I would toss the episode. But because this information is what so many of my listeners have been asking for and many of my clients asking for more extensive help with, I want to get this out to you because Melva and I have a great discussion about why tightening your niche is important and what that will do for your business after you've done it. In related news, Life Hacks with Brittany. If you have a backup microphone for when your microphone does decide to break five minutes before a podcast interview, maybe don't keep it in the garage rafters box so that you can actually get it when you need it. That aside, we have a great interview coming up. I hope you guys enjoy it and let me know your feedback. I'd love to hear. Newer listeners, I promise this won't happen again. Welcome, Melva. Thank you so much for coming on to the Know, Like, and Trust show. Thank you. I am excited to have this conversation and to be here. I know that you do a lot of things. I mean, we were speaking just a few minutes ago, gearing up for this, and you wear a lot of different hats. You work a few different roles within the field of branding. Tell me how you manage it all. Well, I write everything down so that I don't forget. (laughs) That's kind of the simple method. I just really have a love and a passion for communications and branding. And so everything that I do actually ties in together. So it's pretty easy for me to keep all things aligned because they sort of go hand in hand. So when you say they go hand in hand, obviously you're working at Emory, the university, you're helping solo entrepreneurs, you're helping corporations, but you're essentially doing the same thing in all of those venues. Is that correct? Yes. In my role at Emory, I'm the director of communications for the graduate school. And so what I do in that capacity is really oversee all of the strategy behind our internal and our external communications. And that's communicating to all of our clients. That role helps me, obviously, with the communications, translating things to different audiences, which is really important for people to be able to understand. You can't have the same message, or you, I guess you could, but it doesn't work very well when you have the same exact message for various types of audiences. And so part of what I do in that role and in all of my other roles is to help really figure out, first of all, who is the target audience and how do we communicate most effectively with that audience? So I like that you said that, who is the target audience? It's a lot of similar work that I do as well. And one of the things that I've been noticing, and I'm sure you're in the same place a lot of the time, I get emails. You know, we're all subscribed to so many different lists through just the course of doing business. And I get a lot of emails 
and you know, so-and-so is launching this program on how to do social media posts, so-and-so is launching this program on how to write better emails, another person's talking about, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, but really they all come down to, well, you'd first you need to know your target audience and then you can do this. So the common denominator for being effective in all of these different roles is kind of what you just said. Who is the target? Absolutely. It's important to know who the target audience is because so many people, first of all, there are a lot of people out here doing a lot of things. And so, and there, <laughs> there, it's hard to find that particular group that really needs your service if you don't even know who that group is. And so a lot of times, you know, I would have clients come to me and they'll say, you know, I have this great business and it's for everybody. And so then I'll ask them, you know, who's your target audience? And they say, oh, this is for everybody. This is something that can benefit anyone. And while that in theory may be true, practically speaking, it's not realistic. Everyone is not your target audience. So what I try to help people understand is that your target audience is usually going to be the group of people who don't need convincing that they need you. So all they need to do is find you. Once they hear about your product or your service or your brand, then they're all in. You know, it takes very little convincing. It's just a matter of communicating to them. Then there's another, I guess you could call it a subgroup of that, cat of that audience where these are the people that might not know that they need you, but once you communicate effectively and you tell them about what it is that you do, they realize, oh yeah, this is something that I could utilize but that's not everybody. So it's important for people to really understand and get as specific as possible with who their target audience is. And that could be as specific as saying, you know, this particular type of woman that likes this particular type of product that it, that works from home, that might be a stay at home mom that might like to shop, that might like to not shop. You know, there's just so many different ways to continue to drill down that audience until you can get to the specific people who need you. I like how you mentioned the different subgroups. This is something I just kind of came up with on the spur of the moment. So tell me if I'm right here, but <laughs> I was just at a spin class like two hours ago and it's a new class. It's a virtual reality screen that spans the whole room and it's like curved. And it's actually one of those things that a lot of people can't handle because they get motion sickness because it right. feels so real. And I did it for the first time today. So, you know, a bit of a risk, a bit of a, of a new experience. Right. And I went into the room. I'm not a spinner by nature. I don't love the idea, the concept, but I wanted to try it because it's a new class offered at my gym. And I got in there first thing, went to the instructor and said, Hey, I need help with my bike adjustment. I have a, a knee injury I'm dealing with. And she helped me and two bikes down. There was a physical therapist and she's like, oh no, no, you want it lower. You want it right here. And you know, here's your hip one. This is where you want to do it. So within the span of like two minutes, I'd met three or four different people in this room who were like, oh, don't worry. I'm not good at this either. Oh, I'm a physical therapist. I can help you adjust. Oh, I've been spinning for years, but this class is different. So we're all taking the same class. We're all a client of the class. If you want to call it that, but we're all there for different reasons and with different experience levels. Absolutely. And that's a really great example. I think that that is sort of the essence of really understanding the different types of people that are affected by your brand. I always say that, you know, it takes a lot of work to really figure out who your target audience is. And it takes a little bit of investigating. 
You might have to do some focus groups. You might have to talk to people. You might have to put it out there and, and see what kind of results you receive, but it's so worth it to take that extra time to figure out just who this audience is. Because once you figure that out, the next is just to figure out where they are, what they like, how to package it up in a pretty bow and present it to them. But it's like a, a hamster in the wheel when you're just running, 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 running and going nowhere when you put all of this effort towards a product or a service and the people that you're communicating to have absolutely no interest in it. And it's not that your product or service or your brand is not important or it's not good enough. It's just that it's, you're presenting it to the wrong group. So target audience to me is always the very first step before we can go any further. You've got to figure out who am I actually talking to? So once you've said, okay, I'm no longer speaking to all female online entrepreneurs or whatever the you know, broad group is, what's the next step for someone who has just realized that they need to narrow their target? Where do they go? What do they do? Great question. So you realize that you need to narrow this target down. You do the research and you figure out, okay, my target audience might be, let's just say stay-at-home moms who have children between the ages of, I don't know, third grade to middle school to sixth or seventh grade. That's how specific you can get with your target audience. But then the next thing is to figure out, okay, now where are they? How do they communicate? How are they receiving their information? Are they really busy during the day so they might not watch television or they might not be attached to social media during the day? Their time may be after the kids have gone to bed or after they've dropped kids off at a particular activity. And that could be between the after school hours. So then that might be the time if you're looking at social media that you start posting to that audience. It depends on your group. But once you figure that group out, that group is pretty streamlined in, in the way they operate. And so they will be wherever it is that, that you need them to be all at a specific time. So if your target audience may be doctors, for instance, so doctors aren't going to have traditional hours. So how do you communicate to them? Your target audience may be teachers. Teachers have certain communities that they may be involved in, in terms of social media. There may be a teacher group or there may be a mixer or some happy hour type, after hours type thing that teachers are known to participate in. Those would be the areas that you want to be present at so that they know where you are and you can be where your audience is. It's just important, I, I guess, to sum it up, the best place to be is wherever your audience is. Figure out where they are how they receive information. Don't send emails to, you know, uh, seniors. Seniors might want actual mail. They might want direct mail pieces. So you have to really figure out the nuances of your audience and how to communicate. And then once you figure that out, the next step is to just tailor your information for that group so that you can get the information in the language that they prefer the way they prefer to receive it and send it to the areas that they're most likely to be. So once you figure that out, all right, so, you know, your target client is, we'll just go with the stay at home mom situation because it's already <laughs> rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, they have elementary to middle school age children. They do a lot of things during the day. So they're probably not hanging out online more than five minutes at a time, you know, in between errands or whatnot. Right. You figured all of that out. 
you know where they're hanging out online, you know where they're hanging out in person if you're a local type of business. How do you brand yourself to that person while also remaining authentic to yourself? Because obviously you're going to want to be where they're hanging out, but if that's not your natural place, like how do you find that balance? Well, I think that if this is your target audience, there's going to be something that's going to connect you to that audience. You're, for whatever reason, you will be able to thrive in that atmosphere or that, that environment that your audience is in because this product or this brand that you have speaks specifically to them. So something is connecting you to that audience. It's, it's usually pretty rare that you'll find a brand that has an audience that they're totally unrelatable to. You know, there's usually some type of commonality. And so I think that to remain authentic is first looking at yourself, your brand, what's unique about my brand? How do I deliver this this brand in a way that's different from similar brands? What strengths do I have that will make my brand stand out? If you're someone that maybe you were a stay-at-home mom in a former life, and so now you can speak specifically to the challenges or the strengths or whatever it is that your brand promotes, you can speak specifically to that. So you may have that strength. Your strength may be presentation. You may have something that's now convenient for your audience. And so because you've come up with this unique way to do something that they've always done, you have that advantage. And so when you're thinking about being authentic, it's not necessarily changing your brand to fit your audience. It's more so aligning your brand to your audience based on the strengths that will distinguish you. So if you think about a classroom, if you look into a classroom, and we'll, we'll stick with third graders again, if you go into a third grade classroom, you're going to see, first of all, people. <laughs> Everyone in the classroom is going to be a person, right? There's going to be boys, there's going to be girls, or we'll say males and females. But everyone in there is different. They have different hairstyles. They, some wear glasses, some have ponytails, some have short hair, some are tall, some are short. But these are all people. And so your brand is the same way. The same way you can be in a crowded room and be the only one that looks like you or does what you do is the same way your brand can stand out in a market that's heavily infiltrated with something similar. Awesome. So I know that one of the things that you've spoken about in the past is what it really means to brand yourself and why that's so important. What would you say about that as we're applying it to the topic that we're talking about right now? I think it's really important to brand yourself because first of all, let's think about what is a brand. We should start there because what I've found is that a lot of people confuse branding and what their branding is with specifically their website or their logo or their business name or colors and a logo or their business cards and different things like that, the more visual aspects. That's a part of brand alignment. That's not branding. Branding is the reputation. It's what people feel when they experience you. Not necessarily what you put out, but what they feel or what they experience during that encounter. So what you want to make sure first and foremost when you're establishing your brand is that you understand what you have to offer as a brand and what you are, what you will promise and what you're able to deliver on. I always say that you don't want to put something out that you can't live up to. So for instance, if you're a company and you might be a, a green company, 
you would want to live up to the idea that everything that you put out there is organic. You would not want something that's not aligned with what you've promoted. And when you do that, that's living up to your brand. That is your brand. So what you want to make sure is that what you are able to communicate to your audience that you'll deliver is something that you actually will be able to deliver. So when you say, you know, don't put something out that you can't live up to, I mean, let's try and come up with an example of this. You know, maybe we're moving beyond our stay-at-home mom here and talking about, you know, someone who's in the health and wellness field. You know, maybe they're a person who's creating, you know, workouts that our stay-at-home mom could do on her own without investment in equipment and things like that. So, So as the entrepreneur, you are someone who is promoting health and wellness, but you're also a person, you know, you also live real life. And, <laughs> you know, how do you communicate that overall feeling of raising health and wellness, teaching people how to do these things on their own, incorporating it into their real lives, not putting out anything out there that you wouldn't yourself be a part of, also balancing that with the fact that you're a real person and sometimes you do run through the drive through or sometimes you go a week without exercising. And, you know, I mean, there's so many different nuances there that you want to protect your reputation with, but also, hey, life. Absolutely. I think that the, the best part about that brand is being authentic. So in your conversations as a health and wellness expert, I think part of the speech would be to emphasize that, yes, we do understand that life happens and you do have to run through the drive through or do some of these other things that are considered sometimes unhealthy or not necessarily best practices. The issue becomes when as the health and wellness person, you create this image that none of those things apply to you or none of those things happen. And I think what will make you be more relatable is to actually be able to say, hey, you know what, today I'm going live on social media and I'm taking you all to the drive-thru. I had a long day today and I've got to stop by this local fast food restaurant, but I'm going to show you how you can still do that and still remain healthy. And I think that using those kind of tactics also, it's, it makes you more relatable because the average person cannot be 100% super healthy fitness person every day, right? They have life. We all have life. I think we all wish we could, but we can't. So the reality of it is turn that into something that you can use to promote your authenticity as a health and fitness expert. I don't know that as a health and fitness expert, you would say that you can never do this or you can never do that. But what you can say is, hey, when these things happen, there are ways that we can work together to create strategies to make it better for you, to do it in the best possible way. So what's a situation that you've seen someone, we'll go with our health and wellness expert again, because it's easy. Where is like the line where something like that is like, hey, real life, here's me being authentic. This is how I'm managing it and making the best with what I have available. Crossing over into the line where it's going to start affecting your reputation and hurt your brand. Like what would the person in that situation have to face? 
if the person does not align who they say they are, they could lose their clients. They could lose their reputation. Their reputation becomes then tarnished. Once you lose trust, it is so hard to get back. So it's more important, I would say, to be upfront and to be authentic upfront, you know, to communicate the truth upfront and not create a perception or a persona. We've seen so many times in the media where, an, an artist or a celebrity has created this lifestyle that we all, you know, strive to achieve. And then we find out, oh, that's not even real. <laughs> and I think that we live in a world now where reality is what's attractive. People want to see the real lives of people. People want to, to attach themselves to someone who is relatable. So it's just important to be authentic. It's not so much living a perfect life as a brand because no one's perfect. It's just making sure that what you put out is actually practical, it's realistic, and it's true to what you can actually deliver. I remember there was a reality star who was really highly publicized for her lifestyle. She she had this beautiful elaborate house and you know, drove these different types of cars and wore these different types of clothes. And so people started trying to emulate her style and all of these different things. And then after the show ended, they found out that she was renting the house. It wasn't even really her house. And that most of the clothes and the shoes and the cars were all borrowed for promotional purposes. So that ruined her brand. She wasn't this fashionista that everyone had grown to love and embrace and, and try to emulate. She was now a fraud. And so that is a perfect example of how you have to make sure up front, first of all, you know who you are as a brand, what your strengths are, what you can actually deliver, and then you communicate that in a realistic and practical way. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your book. Obviously, you've got Congrats, It's a Brand, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Birthing the Brand, Increasing Visibility, and Identifying the Target Audience. And we've covered a few of those topics already in the last few minutes, but what will someone learn from that moving forward, kicking off from what we've already discussed today? Sure. So the book, Congratulations, It's a Brand, is actually written from the perspective of your brand being similar to childbirth. So I take the readers on a journey, the same type of journey that you would travel when you're birthing a child. There's the conception phase. That's when you say, hey, you know, I think... I want to do this. I think I want to start a business. And so you start doing the necessary things to conceive this idea. You learn more about starting a business. You, this is the phase where you would do the preliminary things like researching and, and the target audience and find, identifying the target audience and really thinking about what your business is going to be. So a lot of the things that we talked about today would fall under the conception phase. So then after conception, there's the pregnancy. And the pregnancy could last, you know, quite some time. It's not the traditional 40 weeks that is associated <laughs> with the pregnancy of a child. But this phase is really when you're getting everything in order. You're, you're preparing, you're growing your ideas, you're really getting ready to launch, and you're doing all of the different steps that are required. And we talk about some of those steps in the book that are required to prepare 
for basically the, the go live date, the birth of your brand. This might be if you're a brick and mortar company, this might be when you're looking for a building space. This might be when you're putting down a contract or signing a lease. This could be when you're really getting your ideas and your designs together. If you're an architect or a designer, it's, it's the part of the, the pregnancy phase is the part when all these ideas are growing and they're ma- about to manifest into something real. So then we get to the birth. And during the birth, that's just what it is. We have birthed this idea. And congratulations, you've got this brand. You know what your brand is. You see it. You, you, it's, it's something real now. You've started your business. And at any point, unlike a regular childbirth, at any point, you can always go back to these other stages. But with your brand, now that you've birthed the brand, you know, it's a celebration. It's a great thing. But there may be some tweaks that are necessary. So you can go back to those other stages and really fine tune the areas that need strengthening. And then there's the hardest part of it all is the rearing phase. This is when you're raising your child. It's hard, right? So same thing with your business. This is growing your business, sustaining your business, being lucrative in your business. This is the phase where you will need to go back to those other stages because it's a constant cycle of strengthening and improving. And so that's really what the book talks about. It takes you through these stages and not that by the end of the book, you will have your your brand birthed, but it's to take you on the stages and help you to really understand what it takes to make this work well when you are ready for that point. So I know that you're working in strategic coaching. Will you tell us just a little bit about that before we close? Sure. Yes. So I have a doctorate degree in strategic leadership and the concentration in that is basically around coaching and really developing strategies. And this lines well with what I have done throughout my entire career with communications, which is basically developing these strategic plans so that all of these ideas can turn into actions. And as the strategy coach, what I do is basically what we talked about in the book. I help my clients go through state, go through these stages and really develop a plan that's realistic and practical and achievable so that at the end of the birthing process, you actually have your brand. It's not just, oh, one day I want to start a business or, oh, one day I want to do this. It's actually coming up with strategies to turn those dreams into actual realities. So the dreams become goals and then the goals become achievable. And that's what our goal is during the relationship that you would have with me is to help you come up with strategies that are realistic and beneficial to achieving the goals that you set for yourself. And it doesn't have to necessarily be starting a business. It could be moving up in your career. It could be as a leader, how do I maximize my team? How do I pull out the strengths of my team? And it's thinking about all of those things that start with yourself to help make it happen. So since we started this whole talk, talking about having a really tight target client, who's the best person to be looking into the service with you? My clients will be ones who have goals. They want to achieve those goals. They may not necessarily know how. So usually that's an entrepreneur and that's the person who wants to start a business. They have these great ideas. They have the skills. They may not necessarily have the educational background in business and marketing to do it the way that it should be done so that once they start, they can remain a business. Anyone can start a business. It takes a lot to sustain the business. So those who want to start, 
their businesses, want to achieve their goals, but they don't quite know how and they need a strategy to help them figure that out, or those who may have already started and they find themselves at a plateau. And so they need someone to help them figure out what's the next phase and how do I get over this hump and, and move forward to something sustainable. So if, if that falls in line, then of course that would be some of the service that I provide. Great. Well, thank you so much, Melba. I really appreciate your time here. And we'll have links to all of your stuff in the show notes of the episode. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I am really happy to be a part and to talk to your audience. And I've enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much to Melba for all of those little gold nuggets of wisdom. I want to let you guys, my listeners, know a couple things real quick. I have been offering a course called Branding Black Holes for free for the last few weeks or so. And this is the last week that you can get it for free. Branding Black Holes is designed for any entrepreneur, whether you've been in business for three months or three years, because no matter how long you've been doing this, there's some areas that you excel in and others where you might be falling down just a little bit. I call those areas the black holes where client leads go to die. (laughs) If you are not aware of what those black holes are, you are leaking clients. So this course will show you which areas those are in your business and then teach you how to fill in those holes so that you can help more people, have more impact, and of course, make more money along the way. If this sounds like something you are interested in, please go to brittanygardner.com forward slash branding black holes. It is the last week, if you're listening to this near the release date, that this course is offered for free. After this week, it will be offered for a very small fee. Hope you guys have a great week. Talk to you soon.